To dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Well, it's 12 o'clock on a Monday. You know what that means. Nighttime at noon, live from Studio 31 here at City National Arena. Ashley Vice joined by VGK insider Gary Lawless. Gary, the bye week is not slowing us down. It's a cold, rainy Monday in Vegas, but we're going to bring some good vibes. Can I count on you for that? Are you like on a mountaintop? Like there's you're you're echoing in a I, uh... yeah I'm I'm hearing myself echoing too I'm I'm ignoring it in hopes that everyone at home is not hearing the Sorry. echo okay. are you echoing oh yeah the whole thing is uh, it's a good time I guess I, that means we everything we say needs to be really good because oh, we're perfect. gonna have to hear yeah. it twice there, there we go. You go all fixed see if we mention it it gets fixed yeah yeah there well, you go well that, done that's what you're here for always yeah. count on Gary Lawless to get <laughs> tell us like it is give us the truth <laughs> try anyways. Well, we have good news to start this yeah, Monday. Fantastic. It's much needed good news. Chandler Stevenson, a late addition to this weekend's NHL All-Star festivities. He'll be joining Logan Thompson and Bruce Cassidy. This is well-deserved, Gary. I think he's been fantastic this year. And right when they named the All-Star team and the, and the league named uh, Logan Thompson to the team, uh, I thought that was well-deserved. But I thought Chandler could have been named as well. And, you know, then there was the then the vote in campaign takes place and some fan bases uh, got really mobilized and Chandler wasn't included in that group. But it's just a it's a a really fascinating story. He he was couldn't when when the Golden Knights acquired him, he couldn't get in to the Washington Capitals lineup and they were getting ready to waive him. And teams look they, they follow other teams salary cap and they look at where they're at and uh, I think it was probably obvious to the Golden Knights that the Capitals cap issue was about to hit a, a, a you know a, a crisis point and they were going to have to waive somebody and it was probably going to be Chandler Stevenson because he was the guy that wasn't playing so they pick up the phone and they said hey we'll give you a fifth for Chandler Stevenson or I, I don't know exactly how that part transpired that's what the deal eventually was it was a fifth round pick for Chandler Stevenson, we were in uh, New Jersey, and he was in San Jose, and he flew all the way from San Jose uh, to to New Jersey, met the team there, scored in his first game, and just like it's been really interesting to watch him develop over that time. You know, he got in the lineup, became a regular, showed he had some. His speed was the first thing that surprised everybody. Then we started to see that release, and he could score. And then all of a sudden, you know, they put him together with Mark Stone, and there's magic. And there's a real chemistry between the two of them. Every bit as strong as the chemistry that uh, the Misfits have. Stone and Stevenson are telepathic. They know where one another are going to be, and uh, they know how to support one another, and uh, they really click, which has you know, been really good for Chandler. But then Mark gets hurt. And Chandler carries the team for a big chunk of last season on his shoulders. And then again this year uh, has been, uh, you know, he had a little little blip there where, he, where nothing was going for him, but it's back. He's had points uh, in the last few games and started to, to get back on that point of game pace that he's been at. You can make the argument he's been the most important player for the Golden Knights, forward for the Golden Knights. The last two seasons, really. Yeah, the last 12 months anyways, you know. Yeah, so uh, really well-deserved, and uh, 
you know, he, he's already won a Stanley Cup. That's a pretty cool moment in a player's career. And now he gets to go to an all-star game. Uh, he's got a young family, so it'll be uh, that'll be a cool experience for them. And uh, the only problem when it happens this late, like I know his dad's got an important job in uh, in Saskatchewan, and I I know if my daughter ever made a an all-star game, I'd want to be there for it. So uh, hopefully they can uh, figure things out and uh, get on a bird from Saskatoon and get down to down to South Florida to be able to to be able to take it in. His dad runs a big scrap metal uh, uh, outfit that's, uh, like, it's really big. And uh, they buy and they sell and they trade. And you say, you say scrap metal and you think uh, Sanford and Son, but it's actually quite quite complicated and uh, and a, um, a really cool thing. I got to know his father pretty well on the father's trip, the one that went, the ultimate father's trip. They started in Vancouver and then uh, went to... San Jose and took part in, you know, they got to see an NFL playoff game. They got to go to Bill Foley's to some of his wineries. And, and then they came back to Vegas and had a wind up in Vegas. Those guys were, they were, they needed to go home when that was, when that was over. That was, they were the Foley some, family wines uh, doing what they're made to do. <laughs> they were some hurting puppies yep. when that one was over. That and, whole trip. and the father's trip back when the golden Knights are back next week, that's going to be a lot of fun. We will talk about that, but I want to stay on the, the all-star theme a bit. We have to see Chandler in the fastest skaters, comp- fastest skater competition, right? I would love to see that. I, Cause I think he'd really surprise a lot of people. Millard has got some theory about why he would win, and uh, I think it, it's based on his crossovers behind the net. So, and Connor McDavid is not skating in the the fastest uh, fastest skater this year. So that it does open the field up quite a bit. If I know Darren Millard, he is spending his off day and bye week uh, watching the show and listening. So Darren, if you have any other theories, feel free to just hit us up, text us in. We'll. Uh get that in there for sure but uh in terms of what we're going to see during the all-star weekend we've talked about how pumped we are for Chandler Stevenson that's the new news super stoked for Logan Thompson though as well um some of the things we're going to see them doing in the all-star skills competition there's some wild stuff going on Gary first the splash shot is one of the skills events basically it's on the beach there's four teams of two Four, no, four teams, they're trying to hit two targets. And once they hit all the targets, they have the opportunity to dunk the opponent in a dunk tank. <laughs> Sounds pretty out there, pretty wild, but an A for creativity. Uh, it did make me think, though, Gary, about you being in a dunk tank at the Dollar Loan Center at the end of last season. Do you remember that? Uh, vaguely. I think I went in, didn't I? <laughs> Gary offered to go in. And he let someone dunk him one time, and then he peaced out. He said, "See ya." Only one. I got dunked. Yeah, yeah. That would be fun. These. That just for the record, I'm a big fella. That was a very <laughs> shallow tank. I had just had knee surgery on one knee and was getting ready to get the other. As soon as I went down, I I I was like, "This is not." Like you need to get dunked and like be in water, not bounce off the floor. That was not you a good dunk tank. You were so a I, I, yes, I, uh, I'd had enough. You were a trooper. Do you remember who dunked you? Uh oh, Jeff Shop. Might have been no. Uh, no, it wasn't Chavy. He missed. Might have been Cole Cole Miltonberger. Oh yes, Alec Washuda. Yeah, toe. 
He is our video producer who travels with us on the road. Hopefully he's taking some time off before he heads We to call him Toe because he was Florida. a kicker. He, he was a, a place kicker in uh, college football. Little known fact. I didn't even know that. There you go. I thought it was just a nickname. Never know. Uh, the next skill, pitch and puck. This one sounds really fun. Six players play a par four on a golf course with an island green. They use a combination of golf balls and pucks. I don't know when they use the golf balls. When I've they shot use a, the I've, I've used, they use golf balls for stick handling drills. Makes it, uh, makes it a little harder because it's got that bounce and it's got a little bit quicker roll. So you practice with a, with a golf ball. So the, the the guys will be familiar with that. They'll have done that before. If they could have incorporated that in last year's All-Star Weekend in Vegas, Mark Stone would have yes. walked away. Yeah. For sure, no doubt. Again, the splash shot and pitch and puck, the rules are a little confusing. I'm, I'm going to rely to find on the TV broadcast <laughs> to, to keep me track. Um, this one is cool, the Tendi Tandem. I like this. I like the name, anyways. Yep. So all goalies are in pairs of two based on the division. One goalie is going to be a shooter, and one is going to be in net, I believe, on the other side of the ice. And the goalie that shoots is going to be shooting at targets, and you get different points based on where you shoot it. The goalie who is in net will be facing breakaways, and you get points based on what the shooter goalie does and what the goalie goalie does kind of sounds like uh the, the net battle of the network stars like all these uh <laughs> yeah made up events yeah they they're pretty out there yeah. this year but what do you think logan thompson is going to do is he going to shoot or is he going to be in net for the well, breakaway this is I, this is a tough one because i could see him doing both yeah i have well he's really good on breakaways right one yep. of the best goalies in the world at the uh at the shootout but he has been have seen him out on the ice every morning before practice. Yeah, recently yeah. Uh, with a with a, a forward stick or a skater stick, flinging the puck around. So maybe he's been tipping his cap to us in that regard. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe he was maybe we, maybe he knew about this before we did. Uh, of course, the breakaway challenge. You mentioned it; it's going to be there. That is Logan Thompson's time to shine. Yeah, he's been uh, real good at that. But it is uh, uh, it, like I don't. If I was a goalie, I, I would. I might go to an all-star game once and then be like, yeah, forget it. Like, you go there and just get you're the best players in the world, the most skilled guys. can't be great for your confidence. Yeah, I was talking to Sean Burke when LT was first named because only eight rookies have been named to an all-star game and played in an all-star game at least since 1979. Um, and Sean Burke is one of the people on that list. Of course, that's his goaltending coach. Uh, and I asked what conversations they had, and Sean Burke said uh, – it was fun, but you can't get out of that net fast enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, He's talking about the people he was facing. and Totally makes sense. Having said that, though, if there's anyone, it's the guy who, you know, wants to face Paul Cotter every day uh, and shootout challenges just for the heck of it, you know? Yeah, he's uh, he's a confident guy and likes competition, so it should be good for him. Is it good for Logan? He's been playing really well, but the team hasn't gotten the result to no fault of his, is it good for him the way this last stretch has gone to be able to go have this fun experience? Does it give you even more confidence? Does it? I don't know. Is it just something to feel good? I don't know. As, as well as he's played in his last two outings, you, you might think I'd like to keep going. And uh, sooner or later, the Golden Knights were going to snap out of it and give him some, some run production. They shot, like their save, their shooting percentage on that trip was like, 
3.9, and their save percentage was 916 uh, in those. I'm talking about Arizona and the three three New York uh, games. So the goaltending was was really good over that trip. Two games went to overtime. A couple empty net goals mixed in there as well. So, yeah, from Logan's perspective, uh, Jack Eichel needed to get away from the rink. I think that a, a time away, and like uh, hopefully he can really forget about hockey for a little bit, and uh, and when he gets back, uh, you know, be relaxed, and because you know everything he was doing was, you could see he was overthinking things and trying to do too much, and he needs to just kind of fit in, and then his skills will help him excel, and and he'll, he'll go over the top in that regard. But for Logan. Those last two games were as good as we've seen him. Yeah. It's good that he's gotten the recognition that he's gotten. He's become a name that's known in households around the league. Yeah. Um, people have brought him up and called their, called their conversations. But how excited are you for not only people to like know his name, but to see how good he is against guys, the best guys in the league? Uh, good for him. It's, you know, we see that every night, right? Yeah. I mean, it's the NHL. There's, there's star players on every team, and he's been uh, uh, up to the up to the task for sure. But yeah, this is a concentration of all those really good players, and uh, yeah, every, you know, every year somebody comes out of the All Star game a little bit better known than they were before, and uh, hopefully it's for all the right reasons. Hopefully so. We've got more all-star talk on the flip side of this break. But first, the Foley Food and Wine Society was created to celebrate three of Bill and Carol Foley's greatest passions, world-class wines, exceptional cuisine, and magnificent travel destinations. Members of the society will have access to an entire portfolio of properties around the world and have the exclusive opportunity to join like-minded individuals who seek experiences for the finer things in life. Join for free today by visiting foleyfoodandwinesociety.com. We'll be right back. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Welcome back to nighttime at noon from City National Arena on a cold and rainy Monday here in Vegas. But for those who are just tuning in, that's a very good news as Chandler Stevenson is headed to Fort Lauderdale at the end of this week as he has been named to the All-Star Weekend festivities, along with goaltender Logan Thompson and head coach Bruce Cassidy. And, Gary, we were going through the All-Star Skills events. We had the splash shot, pitch and puck, tendy tandem, which Logan Thompson will be part of, breakaway challenge, which Logan Thompson should be part of, fastest skater, fingers crossed, that's where Chandler Stevenson slots in, uh, hardest shot and accuracy shooting, pretty self-explanatory. They are back as well. But uh, I have a question for you, Gary. I was thinking about this. What could be an all-star skills event that isn't an event, but a Vegas Golden Knight would certainly win? Does that make sense? Yep, for sure. Uh, knocking the puck out of the air, Mark Stone. That's a good one. That's yeah, a good when one. the puck is uh, he uh, in the neutral zone and someone tries to airmail something by him, he knocks it down quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, give it a swing sometimes, hip just like a baseball. Yeah, hip chat. Check Braden, Braden McNabb. McNabb. There we go. That. Uh, I was thinking at drive to the net, Will Carrier. Yes, just, for sure. Just yeah, the, put the, a bunch of strong. The drop the shoulder. Big, yep, yeah, yeah. Well done, Ashley. Huh. I'm not too sure. What about any of your coworkers or other broadcasters? Any events that they would be all stars in? Huh. Well, 
Dave Gosher would be an all-star in uh, uh, playing the guitar. Shane Knighty would be an all-star in uh, torturing his uh, his fellow colleagues with his acerbic wit. <laughs> Darren Millard would be a, an all-star in irritating me. And True. you would be an all-star in trying to make us all be nice to one another. Okay, that's there fair. You go. Although, you say that, and I do encourage you to be nice to each other, but I also... Oh, you get enjoy. enjoyment and oh, laughter sure. out of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Like I was thinking, you. It's got to be something with. Oh, no, I've heard the you. giggling in the plane <laughs> when Shane is uh, is is doing something to abuse me or hey, make fun Shane of me. Shane Knighty, uh, you know, he plays it serious <laughs> and cool, but he's low key. He, he's a funny guy. He's a very funny guy. Very funny guy, and uh, likes to have fun. Uh, and I would suggest that I am th- his biggest victim of our group. He likes to fun at, have fun at my expense. Darren Millard too. He, he likes yeah. to poke fun at Darren Millard for he being does. too happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to drive the two of them home on uh, Sunday morning, drop them off at 4 a.m., and uh, it was uh, the conversation in the car was humorous. We yeah. a, there was there were some chuckles. Yeah, the team plane didn't land until 3.30, 3.45 yeah. in the car by 4. That was that was a very nice thing of you to do. I didn't have any choice. To drive them home they at that time. They informed me. Uh, when did they tell me? When An we were hour getting left on, the, on the flight. When we were getting on the bus or just when we were, you know, getting on the plane. Very late in the planning, they were like, by the way, we need a ride. I think because, uh, and, and I should have known that they needed a ride because I drove Shane to the uh, to the airport from the game. Uh, him and Dave uh, got a ride from somebody. I think I think what happened was Millard drove the three. And this is a long conversation on the radio show about our, about our <laughs> the minutia of our travel. Let's move on. <laughs> I actually I should explain it, right? You should yes. explain it. Millard <laughs> drove the three of them. We all live in the same area, so uh, there's lots of carpooling going on. And on this day, uh, Millard drove, picked up Shane and Dave, and drove the three of them to the game. But Millard's wife Ubered to the game later, uh, the lovely Jen, and then she took their, took their car home that, and, uh, I, I drove Dave, Shane and Dan to the plane. Millard got a ride with Garrett Calloway. It becomes very complicated, which is good for the environment. I will say that, but when we all drive ourselves, that takes a little bit of the, I would have preferred they had had their own cars on, uh, But but then it wasn't that bad. And actually, we got to Shane's gate, and he couldn't remember the code. Couldn't remember the code? No, because he's got a clicker in his car, a transponder, right? Classic. So, so he couldn't remember. So he Classic. jumped out of the car. Typical Shane. He's like Superman. He jumped out of the car and dragged his bags. Well, there's a gate, like a, a man door, and he knew the, or a person door. He knew the number for that, so he punched that in, and he... So we didn't have to like roll under the gate, which no, no, I've heard no. Darren Millard has had to do oh, before. Yeah, yeah. No rolling under or climbing under. I don't know. Anyways, he problem uh, solving. Yeah. So he uh, he dragged his stuff home, but the uh, it's not short either. Freak from his gate to his house, eh, it wouldn't be half a mile, but close to it. With all of his stuff. Yeah. Wow. Impressive. Way to go, Shane. Yes. And way to go, Gary, for helping him out there. (laughs) Uh, After the skills will be the actual all-star game. I feel like it's pretty hard to predict because, you know, no no one's given that 100% effort. But which division do you have for that? Who's taking it home? 
Bruce Cassidy, of course, is the head coach of the Pacific Division. Yeah, yeah, Connor McDavid on your team in that uh, in that format. Uh, you have to go with uh, with Team Pacific for sure. That's yeah. that would be my pick. Yeah, good pick. Yeah, good pick. Uh, I guess let's talk about some housekeeping. Sure. Positive vibes with the All Star stuff. Uh, realistically, not the best trip for the Vegas Golden Knights. Only collecting two out of eight points. Uh, there were some positive takeaways in terms of the process and the terms of the way some of the games were played and how the Golden Knights looked. But let's just go through the whole trip and what your biggest takeaways were. Well, I didn't like the. We'll, we'll do the results first. Uh, I. Or the performance. I didn't like the way the team played in Arizona. I liked the way they played in New Jersey and uh, could easily have won that game. Uh, against the Rangers, I think there was a little bit of a slip back. Uh, they were still pretty good and w- would win a lot of games against uh, different competition with the game they put together in that one. And then against uh, the Islanders, that's, uh, you know, they were very good, should have won that game, uh, couldn't score. Uh, you know that the the trip ends with a shooting percentage of of like three point nine, and that uh, and the team shoots ten percent over the full season, and that's dropped down to into the nines now as a result of of their recent struggles in that department. But uh, you know, I, I, there's got to be a meeting of the minds here at some point in time. There's got to be an acceptance of how. Bruce Cassidy wants them to play, and and a a giving over of of oneself as a as a collective to play that way. And I thought they, I thought, and I think that this slump actually is going to go a long way into making that happen because the players, you know, Bruce said, you know, you can read between the lines, right? When he said. When they're freaking tired of losing, and that's like that's the that's what has to happen. The the group has to say, okay, this isn't working. We we've got a we've got a system and a coach that has been really successful. We we can't just do it some of the time. We can't just do parts of it. We got to buy in. And uh, this uh, to me, this trip in many ways is is a make or break moment. For the for the team because it, it not this trip will create a make or break moment for this team because I think that they were, are going to look at it and be like okay that we we can't do this anymore we're too good there's too much talent amongst this group and I know the Mark Stone injury is big but this team is still minus Mark Stone is still a really really good hockey team do they win a Stanley Cup without Mark Stone I don't think so you know what I mean I, I think he is. Such an important element to them that he 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 takes them over the top. We know that they can get to a conference final with just a, with Mark. You know the year Mark, the year the team lost to Montreal in the I don't know, the West Final, whatever they called it, the Western Final or round three that year. Round, th- yeah. round three, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, because Montreal's not in the West. Like that, like the Mark Mark wasn't Mark. He was you know his back was. Was damaged. That was pre-surgery, and he was really struggling. And Patrick wasn't himself either. And anyways, and but they still they got to, they got that far. And if, I think if you recall, Mark was pretty good uh, against Minnesota. Scored that big goal against Colorado. Like he had some he had some good moments, and then eventually just you know 
he couldn't he couldn't really perform. And so we know that they're good without him. They need him to be great. Uh, so that that will be a big storyline after the break is where's Mark's health? Because you know Bruce has said a number of times you know the plan was to let things settle until after the All Star break, and then Bruce said, and hopefully we see him then. So we'll we'll wait and see. We've got about a week to go before uh, uh, they play next Tuesday in Nashville, right? That's right. the next game. So just over a week. When you talk about buying into Bruce Cassidy's system and playing the way he wants the team to play. Can you elaborate on what you what you mean there? I think a lot of it is establishing the ozone pressure, the net front presence, not only relying on the transition game is that. Yeah, I your... think that they, you know, the penalty kill is is really good. They're everybody's kind of, you know, bought into that. The power play it has uh, struggled a bit of late, but we've seen when they have the right personnel uh how they can play the power play that that Bruce has has installed it's it's been really good the defensive zone structure uh i think is you know once you get now you've got Theodore back and once you get white white cloud back i think you're you'll see that they've done a, a really good job at that the, and this isn't Bruce or or new with Bruce we've watched i've watched this team every game since they since their since they started since they were born uh, and they like to rush the puck. They like to gain the. They like to uh, to have controlled to control the puck when they enter the offensive zone, and that is great. This the, to have that ability to score on transition and to score off the rush is really good, and it's really pretty and fun. But if the the opposition says we're going to deny the blue line. And they're gonna and they're gonna gap up tight. It you end up turning the puck over, and then you give them transition because you're going this way, they stop you, and then they all go that way, and you get odd man rushes. And that's uh, that's disastrous, right? That's that's what Vegas wants to happen. So you know sometimes you have to chip the puck in, and go get the puck behind their net. And create offense from the goal line to the to the blue ice, and this team can do that. They've you know the the bottom six has been effective at doing it. The top six guys don't want to do it, and as has I shouldn't say they don't want to do it. They they don't choose to do it as much as we hear Bruce say it all the time. We've got to take the ice that's given to us. So if the ice is behind. The, the, their defensemen, then you got to flip it behind them sometimes, and and it's just like football. You run the ball, you run the ball. The defensive coordinator from the other side says, "Let's pack the house," and then you throw the ball. It's the same thing. Chip it in, chip it in. Then they're going to start. Their defensemen are going to get tired of you know having races to the puck with Will Carey and Keegan Colesar and getting stapled to the boards, so they'll start to back off so they can cheat a bit towards that puck retrieval, and then you skate. You keep the puck and you skate on the blue line. It's it's kind of elementary, and it's it's you know it's easy from upstairs. You can see it develop from the press box. The players look like ants, and the ice looks like Everything's an ocean. Everything's fast. Right? Everything slows down. From Everything up top. slows yeah. down, and you can see it really easily from up there. Now down low when you're actually on the ice, 
that ice is, you know, it's it's a lot harder to to, to figure out or to 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 dis, discern what you should be doing with the puck. But uh, I, I do think that this team could really make a change in that regard. Want to talk more when we come back about the top six. Uh, how they can produce more offense moving forward on the flip side of this break. Also, uh, what you want to see post-All-Star break, what that might look like for the Golden Knights. I also want to talk about the gala when we come back, so stick with us. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Welcome back to Nighttime at Noon. And before we get back to talking about NHL and the Vegas Golden Knights. Want to let everyone know that coming back for the first time since 2020, the Vegas Golden Knights are hosting the Golden Knights Gala at Zook Inside Resorts World. Tickets are now available for purchase, so don't miss out on the chance to see Golden Knights players, coaches, and front office staff. Save the date for February 13th. Sounds like a good Valentine's Day date. Just saying, if no one has plans for that yet. And have a night filled with food and entertainment. All proceeds from the gala will go to the Vegas Golden Knights Foundation to support our community. To get more information about the gala, contact the Vegas Golden Knights Foundation at foundation at vegasgoldenknights.com. Gary, do you have your outfit planned for the what gala? A, well, first of all, what a great idea for your Valentine's That's Day. That's a great I, Valentine's Day gift. Yeah. Yep, it's the night before Valentine's Day. Take your loved one. Yeah, and like it could Need be some the... players, could nice be, dinner. Could be the girl, the gal inviting the guy, or the guy inviting the gal, or whatever your preference is. All that stuff, yeah, excellent. Have you been to Zook before? No, no, I'm not. A, I'm not a clubber. <laughs> Gary's not hitting the club too often. You will. I be, never was much. Of you a will clubber. be on February 13th. <laughs> I can remember when I covered. Uh, you're laughing about this. I can remember when I was, you know, single, and uh, we used to go to Hartford. And uh, the, I worked for the Winnipeg Free Press, and my buddy Ken Weeb worked for the Winnipeg Sun, and we had different uh, tastes in uh, nightlife. And we would go and have dinner, and then we there were these there were two bars right beside each other, and one was like a dive bar where I could get on a stool and talk to one of the regulars, the, the locals, and the place right beside it was boom, 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 and we would actually we would uh, like literally separate. I would go into the dive bar, he'd go into the club, and then uh, at the end of the night, we'd meet each other out on the street, grab a hot dog, and uh, make our way back to the hotel. Yeah, Gary's more of a low-key, listen to some 80s music, chill. I, you know, I, I, like a, I like a country bar. Yeah, well, Nashville's coming up, and yeah. you're going to Nashville this weekend. Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, my daughter plays on, uh, on a hockey team with a bunch of other really nice girls, and... Uh, they travel a lot because there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of competition close by, and my wife gets to if she's listening, she's driving her car off the road. She gets to go to all the tournaments. I think it's you know it's a lot of early mornings. It's uh, the team hotels are usually uh, they're not the same hotels that we stay at when because like I'll phone her and we'll be at the Ritz. <laughs> That's where the team stays, and they're at Holiday Inn Express, and she's like, what's wrong with this picture? Not that there's anything wrong with Holiday Inn Express. But uh, so so I get to go and be a hockey dad this weekend. And uh, our, one of our equipment managers, J.W. Aiken, yep. he's got a daughter on the team, and uh, Nate Ewell, has it, uh, who is our boss, our VP of comms and content, he's got a daughter on the team. How are the junior anybody. girls doing this year? 
They're first in their league play. Of course they are. Not but, a big deal. But they go on these tournaments, uh, and they're uh, they're a new program. Uh, Sherry Hudspeth and Darren Elliott um, have done a really nice job uh, giving girls hockey uh, a big push in uh, in Las Vegas, and uh, you know, the, the, so they they do well in their league against the uh, San Diego and. Uh, Phoenix, but they, but they're also slotted in at the right level. They go to some tournaments and play against competition that is more AAA. Like this tournament has a team from Connecticut, a team from Chicago, um, somewhere else that uh, maybe Denver. Uh, some more established hockey markets where there's been a lot of girls hockey for a, lo- a long time and. They get their they get their ears pinned back every once in a while by some of those teams. So uh, uh, but only makes you stronger for sure. And you know, I mean, I can, like they they played against a team from just outside Hamilton, Ontario, in Canada, and uh, they got waxed pretty good. And the, the, it was interesting to hear the girls talking about the way the other team passed, the way the other team you know broke out after a faceoff, all all of those little things that. Uh, that they're learning and trying to grasp. There is a lot of individual skill. Like there's some girls that can really skate and shoot. And uh, that's, you know, coming together to play that brand of, of team hockey that, you know, that you, that you need to play that when you see in the NHL, young players come up and they all have great one-on-one individual games. How do they make the people around them better? And they're figuring that out. But, Ah, you know what? It's like it's so much fun. My daughter comes home every night after, and you know if I get to go to a practice, you know she's like if I'm not watching her, you know how I like to look at my phone. Oh yeah. If I'm if I'm not watching her during a drill, like I'll look down after, and she's staring at me like this, with giving head. you the same look that Shane Knighty and exactly. Darren Millard give exactly. you when you're on your phone. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> Mallard is on his phone lots too. Um, so yeah, so uh, I'm really excited to go and. Uh, Stand with the other uh, other parents in the stands and uh, and cheer on uh, my daughter and her teammates. It'll oh, be fun. Good luck to Lauren and all the girls going to that tournament this weekend. We'll be rooting for you back here at home. Uh, now that you've given us the breakdown of the youth hockey world and the youth hockey market, uh-huh. how those things are going, we're going to go around the National Hockey League now. Uh, we're just going to start in the Pacific Division. Is Seattle for real? For are they, sure. What they, are they going to be able to maintain what they're doing right now? Uh, well, they're in first place in the Pacific. I don't think they're going to maintain that because I still think Vegas is going to get healthy and and go on a go on a run here uh, to to close out the season and and finish first in the Pacific. But I I think Seattle makes the playoffs for sure. They uh, Dave Hackstall there. Uh, they've bought into what he wants them to do to play. They're they're well, they're a plus twenty six is their goal differential, which is uh, second best in the. In the West, the third best in the West, Dallas and Winnipeg have better goal differentials than them. But uh, they're no, they're they're a, a balanced team. They don't have any stars. Uh, some people have been saying lately that they remind them of the Golden Knights of seventeen eighteen. I I don't agree with that at all. They don't remind me of that team. But they they are similar in the sense that they don't have a superstar or, you know, they don't have one or two really good players and then some players at the bottom end of the spectrum. They're all kind of in the middle and they're playing a team game and that's that can that can lead to success. 
as I'm looking at the standings and looking at the teams that we want to talk about, I wanted to bring up a topic. Uh, Anaheim Ducks, Trevor Zegers made a comment to Troy Stetcher. There was all kind of rumors going around. No one knows what it was for sure, so I'm not going to go down that road. Well, we do know that, that it's, road. Not, it's what, not what people thought it yeah, was. Yes. Yeah, um, there was some, but, Troy Stetcher's dad died a couple of years ago, and there was some speculation that, that Zegers said something about Stetcher's father, uh, the Coyotes have come out and made a statement and said, Not Trevor didn't say anything about his father, but he did cross the line, uh, and Stetcher uh, is not talking about it. So um, what did you want to ask? I was going to say it's an interesting conversation. The chirp, that Obviously, if he would have said that, that would have been, there are some things that are a clear line, but it's an interesting conversation. Where is the chirping line? Yeah, on the ice because I know there's a lot of things said that we would never want to know about. Yeah, the Ducks have won three in a row all of a sudden as well. Yeah, and, uh, that's in, that's that's interesting. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I, you know racism is going too far. Obviously, uh, homophobia, those things. I don't think you want to. I'm gonna miss something, and someone's gonna blame. No, me for no, that, but, I wasn't uh, trying. I wasn't going you, down not, that not path. You, but no, I, I just bet it's an interesting. Like, I don't know. I've never been in the situation of a sport where people are talking smack to you 24 seven. You know, yeah, well, it's a tough keeping the emotions in check. I'd imagine can be tough. The, the, the line has come back a long way. Like you know, there was a time where you, if you, you know, if a player was from Sweden, there were comments you made about Swedes. If a player was. Uh, French speaking, a francophone. There were comments that, that players made about that. A, a lot of that has disappeared, and it's become, you know, you got to be clever. And uh, Trevor Zegers, I think, is a clever guy. He's also a skinny guy. I don't know why he's talking smack as much as he he was. Like if Troy Stetcher had got his hands on him, I'm pretty sure we know which way that one would have gone. Wouldn't have been good for Trevor. But uh, uh, I did meet Zegers. Uh, in recently. the hotel lobby. Yeah, and uh, he did me a favor. Uh, very nice young man. So uh, hopefully this gets sorted out. Yeah, hopefully so. Um, Central. Does anyone stand out to you in the Central who's maybe not at the top but could be eventually a dark horse to keep our eyes on as the post-All-Star break rolls on? Well, the Wild have kind of hung around in that third spot for a long time, and... Uh, I think they will. Uh, I don't think Nashville is going to catch them. Uh, St. Louis is the one that is really interesting over there because I, I think that Doug Armstrong is going to be forced to make a, a big decision pretty soon and decide whether or not he's going to sell. And uh, if he is going to sell or if he's, you know, to what degree. Like Ryan O'Reilly came right out and said, I'd like to stay. I hope I don't get traded. Um, and... Uh, but he's a valuable piece, you know, like uh, Doug Armstrong, you know, he's a, he could be a rental. Like, you know, maybe it's uh, I'm going to trade you and uh, then we'll and get something for you. And then we'll come back and talk about it, uh, about you staying, you returning in the summertime. You know, I'll, we'll sign you uh, to a deal down the road because he's not signing an eight year deal. Uh, you don't have to worry about that, getting that extra year. He's not signing a seven year deal by by that, uh, by that, by the same token. So. Uh, St. Louis is fascinating to me. They've got some, they got they've got high end pieces like Tarasenko and O'Reilly, uh, middle of the range guys like that are really good. Buchnevich, Barbashev, Achari. Uh, there's uh, there's they've got eight pending 
uh, eight expiring contracts. So they, they they've got uh, Doug Armstrong could do some massive surgery and really you know kickstart uh, a remodel or a rebuild there. In the East, big tilt between Boston and Carolina yesterday. Yeah, watched a little bit of that. Carolina's going really good all of a sudden, and Boston, not all of a sudden. Carolina's been good all season. They've got, you know, they've got they're the only other team in the NHL single digits in losses. They only have nine losses, and now Boston has seven. So they're they're getting uh, in regulation losses. They're getting a lot closer to one another. Carolina's won five in a row, and the Bruins uh, haven't. Uh, they have they're winless in three. They got points in a couple of them, but they haven't won them all. Uh, they have they have they haven't won. Uh, I think I think they're three games without a win. That's their their first win, losing streak of the season. Crazy. Yeah. Boston, did you expect them to be as good as they are? No. I don't no. think anyone did. No, uh, I think uh, they're plus seventy eight goal differential. That's number one in the league by a mile. I think Bruce Cassidy. Uh, did a lot of good things, and Jim Montgomery came in and left a lot of those things in place and then made a few changes, and uh, they're going really good, really, really good right now. Well, we'll circle back to Bruce Cassidy's current team when we come back. But first, attention, Golden Knights fans. We need your help in welcoming AFC Bournemouth to the Foley Entertainment Group, also known as the Cherries. AFC Bournemouth plays in the prestigious English Premier League where they consistently take on some of the best football teams in the world. Show your support for the Cherries by catching their matches via stream on Peacock TV. To learn more and be a part of the club's exciting new era, make sure to visit afcb.co.uk. Up the cherries. We'll be back. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Welcome back to nighttime at noon. We're echoing again, Gary, I think. Oh, no, we're not. We're back. Just one of me. All right. Uh, we're going to get back to talking Vegas Golden Knights hockey, but do want to tell you about the craggy range at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson because it is the perfect place to enjoy a pregame or postgame meal. Come watch your nights on one of the craggy range big TV screens or the huge outdoor LED screen. Enjoy your favorite craft beer, wine, bourbon, or all kinds of cocktails while you catch the action. You can find a menu for the whole family plus a full bar with 16 beer taps. The Craggy Range Sports Bar and Grill is open daily. No ticket required. Gary, as we enter this last segment, uh, the Golden Knights, 51 games played, so 10 games past the halfway mark, but... The back side of the All-Star break is really when teams look to get in a rhythm, get going. It's that final stretch uh, to the end of the season. So I want to ask you, as you look back at the first half, we'll say, what are the biggest positives you take away from the Vegas Golden Knights? Well, you know, Logan Thompson has to be uh, you know, the, the one performance that you look at and say, hey, he's uh, living up to, uh, well, living up to expectations and more. He's been there's a while there for a long time where you would have called him elite. And uh, then he had a little dip and then seems to have really found his game the last couple of nights. Uh, So where he goes from here is uh, a real big story. Will carry 12 goals, you know, uh, better than his career best. Uh, That is his career best now. Every time he scores again here, he's going to make it. Can he get the 20? Could Will Carey get the 20? I don't see why not at this point. He'd be on pace for it, right? So uh, that's... uh, that's a real big story. I think um, well, Daniel Miramanoff, when he was healthy, 
I really liked what he was uh, what he was bringing to to the Golden Knights. So uh, you know, getting healthy now and where they go from here, uh, very uh, very interesting to see what they can do with the uh, with their full squad. And uh, I do I think the injuries are way different than last year's in the sense that the injuries last year were like a result of they had piled up from you know playing so much hockey over a number of years and then guys got surgery guys had time off guys got to rebuild their foundation and these were all like most most of the injuries have been broken bones guys blocking shots those heal and you get to pick up and uh, and, and move on so uh yeah no i think that they've had their spate of injuries and they're going to get healthy here and uh, i i do expect them to go on a, to go on a bit of a streak Recency bias, uh, it's the offense that's dried up. That's been the biggest cause yep. of concern. Yep. Uh, Bruce Cassidy said he didn't want to use the word frustration, especially after the last game in New York and how they played. He said more bewilderment that they're not going in. You hope that the break kind of gives them a second to just breathe. If there is, in fact, any frustration there, it goes away. But how much can it help when they return? It's the dad's trip. How can those good vibes kind of kick off a strong back end to the season? Well, hopefully, if they don't have a good game, the dads all tell them <laughs> what they told. Them. Like all these guys were elite yep. growing up, right? Yep. And these are the a know, lot of them still have those conversations with their dads too. On dads and basis. moms, you bet. Yeah, yeah, you get in the car and uh, it, the, the 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 hockey conversations in our cars on the way back after one of my daughter's games are. Uh, mom is more critical than dad, and oh, dad's yeah? the uh, the the more positive uh, force uh, trying to. Uh, Trying to look forward to the next game and looking to to use to, to learn from mistakes. So, anyways, uh, hopefully the dads can uh, set them straight if they uh, if they're going well. Tell them what to focus on and keep doing the those good things. You can't you don't ignore your old man when you get back to the hotel room after yeah. a game. Yeah, there's uh, there's a conversation to be had. It'll be a good one. What is your favorite part of the dad trip? practice uh in the morning uh <laughs> dads all show up usually hung over some of them and uh they're, they're, they're it's behind the scenes and they're looking around and seeing uh the nhl world uh for 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 what it's like just having them around all there's all these little moments you know you you come down uh dressed and ready to go to the game and there's will Carey's father playing the piano in the lobby of the hotel in dallas that really happened yes yeah and he can play really well uh james neal he's gone uh not gone in his player anymore his dad peter neal after every win would walk to the front of the bus as we were you know you come out of the loading dock in most places and there's a bunch of fans sitting there trying to get autographs from their home team well, signing the autographs. I no, hope. he'd roll. The, he'd get the bus. He'd open the door and he'd yell out, "Thanks for the two points, Nashville!" Uh, and uh, so he was a real. Uh, he was a real character. You see those personalities. Uh, and uh, I sat on a bus going from uh, going from the rink to the plane with Braden McNabb's father, Kim Kim Davis, who's a farmer now in Saskatchewan, but played in the Western Hockey League when he was. Uh, when he was a young guy and uh you know he watches all our games and he had all kinds of questions about what what we do the broadcasters and uh wanted to know a little bit about his son uh and so you know you kind of then you bump into them in a lobby a couple years later somewhere else and they're just there to visit to watch and uh 
you, you know you don't become friends necessarily but you start start you start friendships yeah it'll be fun for sure it all starts next week in nashville and minnesota we'll have you covered with everything that goes down on the vegas golden knight social media channels and of course this weekend don't miss the all-star festivities with logan thompson chandler stephen and bruce cassidy 